Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. Well, good morning, Athens First United Methodist Church. It is so good to be in worship with you on Consecration Sunday 2022. And oh, what a morning of celebration it has already been. At our 9.30 service, we got to celebrate the sacrament of baptism. At 11 o'clock, we got to hear from our, our children's choir. We got to hand out third grade Bibles. And how about that choir this morning? Not bad, huh? We are so grateful for the way they lead us in worship. I, I, it's been such an amazing morning of celebration. I can't imagine anyone anywhere not celebrating this morning. Well, maybe not if you're from Tuscaloosa, but uh, (laughs) that's not what's important. What is important this morning is the fact that we are in the final week. This is the culmination of our stewardship series. It's called All Things New. And over the course of the last six weeks, what we've been doing is we've been looking at stewardship from a broad perspective. We've been asking how do we, as a church, be the best stewards we can be of the gifts that God has entrusted to us here at Athens First. And so we've been asking questions like, what is it that God is calling us to do? And who is God calling us to be? Where is God calling us to go? This morning, I want us to ask the question, what is God calling us to invest in? And to do that, I want us to look at a passage of Scripture that comes from the 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. This is a a familiar passage, if only because it's one that we often refer to as the Great Commission. We'll start with verse 16. Hear now the word of God. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. So there was a woman who was driving her four-year-old daughter, Katie, to preschool one morning. And because the woman was a doctor, she, uh, she left her medical bag in the back seat next to Katie's car seat. When Katie saw it, she immediately began to rifle through it looking for just the right thing. She finally found it. She was looking uh, for her mother's stethoscope. And when she found it, she knew exactly what to do with it. She took the ear tips and she put them in her ears and then she took the chest piece and she held it in her hand. The woman said that when she looked at Katie from the rearview mirror, she said, I have to admit that it kind of took my breath away because I started to think about whether that's something that Katie wanted to be when she grows up. Does Katie want to follow in my footsteps and go to medical school one day? Does Katie want to be a physician? And so the whole way to school, she said, I I just kept thinking about that question. Is, Is Katie trying to tell me about something that she wants to be when she grows up? Uh, We finally got to the school, she said, and I pulled into the parking spot. I I turned off the car, and I could finally hear what Katie was saying in the back seat. It was then that I discovered Katie's true ambitions in life. 
because over and over and over again into the chest piece, Katie kept repeating, welcome to McDonald's, may I take your order? When it comes to kids, I think that's a question we ask a lot, isn't it? What do you want to be when you grow up? And interestingly, that's actually a question we ask in the church from time to time. Because when we are baptizing infants, the question that we ultimately are asking is, what kind of person of faith do we want them to be someday? And so it is that we don't just ask the baptismal vows of the parents, but it's actually you and me. It's the congregation that gets to participate in it. Because if you've been here for a baptism before, you know that just before I walk the baby down the aisle, just before we sing that cute little song, I ask you a question. I ask you if you are going to promise to love that child and pray for that child, and will you do everything in your power to be an example to that child so that they will one day know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. In my opinion, that is one of the most important vows we will ever take as a church. Because at Athens First, as you well know, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I know that that is something that you know and agree with. There's not a person in this room who would disagree with that mission. But sometimes I think that when we think about making disciples, we think of it in terms of evangelism. Sometimes when we think about making disciples of Jesus, we think about that only being able to happen outside these four walls. That we have to go to great distances and bring people to faith in order to make disciples. But sometimes what we forget is the most important disciples we will ever make at Athens First United Methodist are the ones that are currently under our very own roof. I believe that with all my heart. In my opinion, it's one of the most important vows we could ever take. And I don't just mean that as, as a church, but, but I think that's something that we vow as parents and as grandparents and as family members. Because ultimately, that's what our job is. And that's what we're promising to do. We're, we're promising to raise our children in the faith. We're promising to, to teach them about what it means to be a follower of Jesus in a world where it's not always easy to be a follower of Jesus. In other words, we're teaching, about, teaching them about what it means to be a Christian. And that is so important. Because if it's not us who are teaching our children how to be just that, then who will? In my opinion, that is one of the most important vows that we can ever take as a church. Indeed, it is the number one job that we have is to raise our children in the faith. But I think sometimes one of the things that tends to get in the way, if there was one thing that, that prevents us from doing just that, it would be that sometimes we fall prey to this, this illusion, this deceptive illusion that we've got plenty of time to do that. Because after all, the kids are living under our roof for what, 18 plus years? 
And God only knows if they're going to move out then. And so somehow, some way, we get it in our heads that, that we've got plenty of time. If it's not today, it'll be tomorrow. If it's not to, tomorrow, it'll be the next year. Sometimes we think that because our kids are under our roof, we have all the time in the world with them. But what any parent who has ever raised a child and seen them leave the nest would tell you this morning is that those 18 years go by really, really fast. Amen, church? I know it doesn't probably seem like it when you're knee-deep in pacifiers and playdates and Paw Patrol. <laughs> but it's true. And it goes by in the blink of an eye. And so it is. If, if our hope is for our children to leave the nest with the strongest faith possible, the question is, so how are we doing with that? That's the question that kept ringing in my ears throughout a conference that I attended several years ago down in Atlanta. One of the keynote speakers at the conference was a guy named Reggie Joyner, who not only is the founder of Orange Conference, he's the creator of an Orange curriculum for, for students and for children, uh, but Reggie Joyner is also someone who believes fervently in investing in the next generation of the church. And so during his, his, his talk, he, I remember he got up and he said to all of us in the room, he said, so listen, this morning what I want to talk to you about is time. Because I know as parents and sometimes as grandparents, we think that we've got all the time in the world with our kids. But this represents just how much time we have left. And, and he, he pulled out this this glass jar, and it was filled with all kinds of marbles. And he said, this glass jar represents your child. These marbles inside represent how many weekends you have left until they go off to college. So for instance, if you have a kindergartner, you have 676 marbles left in their jar. If you have a fourth grader, that number is 468. If you have a sixth grader, six, 364. If you have a ninth grader, it's 208. And if you have a senior, you've got less than 52 marbles left in their jar. Reggie Joyner said, we have a jar for each one of my children in my house, and we actually display it up on our mantle. Because not only does this represent our kids, it represents how many weekends we have left. And with every passing weekend, we take a marble out. He said, for us, it's kind of a visual reminder of what Psalm 90 verse 12 said. Oh Lord, teach us to number our days so that we might grow a heart of wisdom. He said, now, when my kids were little, it felt like we had a million marbles left in their jars. In fact, we often wanted to see if we could take a few out. I often asked my wife, he said, if it was appropriate to send our kids to college at the age of 14. She said, no, but I wanted to. But what we discovered is that time actually goes by really, really quickly. And those marbles started to disappear. And what we discovered is that if we were going to do what Psalm 90 says, 
if we're going to number our days and grow a heart of wisdom, then we need to be really intentional about how we use our time with our kids. You know, we, we, we need to make sure that we're, we're doing things like going to their school events and going to their sporting events. Making sure that we're driving them to school in the morning and having conversations with them. He said, my wife and I made a pact that we were going to five times a week have dinner as a family where we could talk. The kids hated it, but it was mandatory. We made sure that we were in church every week, sitting together as a family, going to Sunday school, going to confirmation, going to youth group. He said, what what you begin to remember is that time is a preciously limited commodity. And you learn very quickly that it is something that should never be taken for granted. Because you see, the way that you spend time with your kids or your grandkids today will absolutely impact who they become tomorrow. I think the same thing is true in the church. In fact, I know the same thing is true in the church. That's why if somebody ever came up to me this morning and said, Pastor Jeremy, I don't understand. Why do we have so many kids in worship on Consecration Sunday? I mean, goodness gracious, it's a busy day. There's a lot of moving parts. We got things to do. We got to keep moving. So why would we have children's choirs singing? And why would we do a baptism at 930? Why would we have third grade Bibles on all days? I mean, couldn't we do it on a less important Sunday? Couldn't we do it on like Georgia, Florida weekend? (laughs) If somebody ever came up to me and asked me that question this morning, I would simply tell them that it's for two reasons. One, it's because these are our kids. And we've only got so many marbles left in the jar with them. And at their baptism, we promised God that we would use each and every one of them wisely. The second reason is because these children this morning are a visual representation of what Consecration Sunday is. Because Consecration Sunday is not about us coming forward with our pledge cards and putting them in the basket as a way of saying, well, I hope we keep the lights on. I hope we can keep the doors open. I hope we can keep the bills paid or or meet the budget. That's not what Consecration Sunday is. Consecration Sunday is about us investing in the future of God's church. Consecration Sunday is about us investing in the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And the most important disciples that we will ever make are the ones that are under our roof right now. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's why I always appreciated what, what the minister Russell Moore once said about growing up in the church. He said, when I was growing up, he said, my parents were very sporadic about going to church. They were that, uh, that Creaster crowd, Christmas and Easter. And, um, and so it is, he said, my grandmother took it upon herself to make sure that I was in church every single Sunday. If the doors of the church were open, you guarantee you that I was there for Sunday school and confirmation, and for youth group, and for vacation Bible school. My grandmother made sure I was there every single week. And so one day, long after he became a minister, long after he was ordained, he went to his grandmother and he asked her the question. He said, Grandma, 
Why did you take me to church so much when I was growing up? Why was that so important to you? And she looked at him and she said, because Russell, one time somebody asked me the question, what do you want Russell to be when he grows up? And she said, the only thing I could think was, I want him to be a follower of Jesus. To all the kids that are in the room this morning, I hope you know that that's how your church feels about you. That one day, if somebody ever asked you the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Our deepest prayer would be that you would say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that that happens. Amen, church? And the reason why is this. It's because we love you. It's because at your baptism, we promised God that we would. And it's because we know that we've only got so many marbles left in the jar with you. And on Consecration Sunday, we renew our commitment to doing everything we can to use each and every one wisely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC.org.